At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome back. Matt Humans in from Mitch Moss today. Follow the money. Polly and Humans uh, join our own Stormy Bonatoni Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino here in Vegas. She'll be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro. He's got the uniform on. There he is. Uh, Vinny Meatballs. <laughs> They'll look at uh, the Super Bowl and stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. It's free for everyone over 21, so stop by the South Point Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. Get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde Ale, it's fantastic. I've had specials on Budweiser, signed copies of Chris Andrews' book, and learned from these uh, experts Friday, February you, 11th. You don't drink Bookmaker Blonde. I have. I mean, they got it at the uh, Long Bar. I've had it many times. Many times? Yes. Yeah, what, three times? I go, I go over. Never seen you drink one. I never hang out with you. Come on. Get out. <laughs> we were here two weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> Do they have it here? Huh? I don't know if they, do they have it at Circa. They have it at the Long Bar. That's why I usually drink it at the Long Bar. <clears throat> I'm never at the South Point unless they cut the power here. So uh, Yeah, you know, that only happens once a month. Get that. Okay, very good. Uh, great to talk to John. Luckily, you got the South Point to fall back on. Sure. That betting and beers event at the South Point. Where's Brent, by the way? Brent used to headline that thing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Von Tobel joins us now. Beeson, senior NBA analyst does a great job. We got a lot going on here, JVT. There's a lot to talk about, and uh, we'll run through everything rapid fire. First of all, uh, con- pat on the back. You have tell people what you have Minnesota at to make the playoffs, and why did you make that bet before the season? Yeah, so I, I bet Minnesota at uh, about seven to one. I think it's six ninety five. I think is the accurate price uh, to make the playoffs before the season started. And it, Paul, it was one of the big things I wrote about in the uh, NBA guide before the season started. If you go back to the end of last year uh, under Chris Finch and that weird situation where people don't remember, they hire Finch in the middle of the year after they fire their coach. They mm-hmm. take him from Toronto as one of their staff members. And he comes in and they turn things around in a really big way. And in the last month, I think off the top of my head, they were like 10 and 5 or something like that over the last 15 games. They were covering numbers. They were really trying hard and they were really vocal about turning things around as a team. And if you looked at some of the on-court numbers, because one of the things that held them back last year was D'Angelo Russell was not healthy in any way whatsoever. But when him and Carl Anthony Towns were together, uh, they were elite in terms of their on-court, off-court numbers, their net rating, all of these things. And then you realize, well, if they're going to be healthy, like there's actually a lot of good offensive pieces here. Finch is a good assistant. And, and sure enough, it, it got me to buy into this team. You know, the guy that picked him to be the eighth seed, I bet him to make the playoffs. 
that the, the turnaround was going to be legitimately real, and, and it is. And if you look, they have an elite lineup. It's D'Angelo Russell. It's Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly's a part of it. Vanderbilt. Uh, it's one of the best lineups in the NBA in terms of net rating. They're a really good team, man. And the way they play defense, it's chaotic. And right now, let me see. I got this in front of me. So it's Russell, Beverly, Edwards, Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns plus 32.5 in terms of their net rating. It's mm. incredible what they're able to do out there. But Finch has done a great job in turning them around. They have some good personnel. So, yeah, I've been in since the preseason. Uh, good, good congratulations there. Uh, good bet. Well, I don't want to jinx you. But how about this game tonight? They're laying three against the hot Nuggets. Look at this now. The Nuggets have caught Utah as the reeling Jazz with all the injuries have now lost 9 of 11. Nuggets playing well, and the Nuggets catching three in Minnesota. What do you think of Denver and this spot tonight? Yeah, injury report is going to be key here uh, because um, Nikola Jokic is questionable. He's got toe soreness. And gen- generally, when a guy pops up with soreness, it, it leaves me, uh, it gives me a little pause, mainly because soreness, you know, when you pop on the injury report, case in point, LeBron James, right? He pops up on the injury report with knee soreness. All of a sudden, he's been out for the last three games and he flies back to LA in the middle of a road trip for the swelling to go down. You know, this would be a spot to potentially get him some rest. Uh, if that's going to be the case. So you want to make sure that Jokic is going to be out there because if he's not going to be out there, this is from a statistical output. This is a G League team, the Denver Nuggets, without Nikola Jokic. They're atrocious. Mm. And, and on the flip side, Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell are questionable. If you remember, Russell went down in that Golden State game on Thursday, and they they immediately just had things fall apart. So if Russell is going to be available, and especially if Jokic isn't going to be out there, this is worth it in terms of playing on the Minnesota Timberwolves. But even if Jokic is available and you get Russell out there, Depending on what the number does here, I think Minnesota is going to be pretty live because Russell is really key to what they've been able to do, and you saw them fall apart without him. And if he's going to be available here, this is going to be a different Timberwolves team, so it'd be worth looking at. But again, Russell's key for me. Okay, where do you at? Where are you at with the Jazz now? With Engels out for the year, Mitchell's missed seven games. Uh, Gobert's been out. How bad this team has been defensively without Gobert, and if the losing streak and the losses will continue to pile up for the Jazz. I don't. I haven't seen any evidence to, to the contrary, right? I mean, especially with these guys now out. And Ingles is a really underrated defender with what he was able to do, especially as a team defender out there. Uh, th- this looks pretty bad for Utah because you know this was a team too that when you looked at the way that they played offensively, it's talking. You know, you're, you're talking about spacing it out, shooting it at a really high clip. That hasn't been there for him. We talk about Mitchell missing time as well. Uh, how bad they've been defensively, and by the way, against certain teams, how bad they can be defensively, even with Gobert out there, because there, there's, you know, Gobert got a lot of crap for the loss to the Clippers. It wasn't Gobert's fault. It was four other guys who couldn't stop dribble penetration to save their lives in that playoff series against the Los Angeles Clippers. It's Gobert and four subpar defenders out there at times, especially when it comes to their starting lineup. So this is a flawed team at this point right now, and unless they're going to make some sort of acquisition at the trade deadline, which the trade deadline seems busy, but there's no real impact guys that are going to make a massive difference. I just don't really see, like, if we're talking about the ceiling of this team and winning the Western Conference, like last year was their best chance to do it because right now they're an extremely flawed team. And while the West looks a little timid in terms of the teams all the way around them, outside of Phoenix, who looks incredible, you still have the Clippers, who potentially could be healthy. You have the Denver Nuggets, remember, who can get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back mm-hmm. at some point. Like, this is a team that could be. Uh, really finding themselves behind the eight ball once all is said and done, you get to the postseason. They're like a six seed. What trades do you think could happen with the deadline approaching? And is, is Simmons going to miss the whole year? I think so. I, so I was I was listening to, I don't know, I want to say it was Win Horse Podcast. I, I could be incorrect there. Uh, but with the, essentially, the, the, the thinking is that uh, 
you know, Daryl Morey, it's, it's seeming more and more likely that he's going to stand pat. Like, th- there's really no solid deal to be made at this point, yeah. like, to get the return that you want if you're Daryl Morey in the Philadelphia 76ers. And, and you want a return that is going to impact your championship hopes. But at the same time, like, there's got to be pressure on Philadelphia. Look at the season Joel Embiid is having right now and the personnel that he's doing it with. I would think that there is some pressure to go and get a piece that would then maximize this window that Joel Embiid's going like going on right now. Because if you could put a complimentary yes. piece next to Embiid, playing at an MVP-type level, and in Eastern Conference, and by the way, there's humans, Miami Heat, who continue to win games and operate at a really high level and playing really good basketball. But outside of that, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, one projection has them favored to finish in the play-in as the seventh seed. So we'll see what happens with them. That would be a nightmare for them. And, like, that's it. Milwaukee fails to find consistency on a night-to-night basis. You know, one big trade could all of a sudden boost your floor immensely for the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid out there. So I tend to think it's not going to happen, Paul, but there's got to be pressure that it's actually going to. Yes. Yeah, the uh, the Sixers won five in a row. And right now, sitting as a three-seed in the East, I, I think there's got to be pressure to make a deal, deal here because – uh, you've got to do anything you can to make your team better and uh, give Embiid a chance to uh, get the Sixers team over the hump in the playoffs. You can't just sit on your hands and say, well, we, we couldn't find a deal for Ben Simmons. What teams out there, JVT, do you think makes sense? Uh, which team should want Ben Simmons? Yeah, and see, and that's kind of the problem too, Matt. Like, so like one of the teams that, that have been out there for a really long time had been the um, the Sacramento Kings, right? And reportedly, the Kings might not really want to be involved anymore. But like Sacramento, that would involve like a De'Aaron Fox. I know Tyrese Halliburton was thrown out there, yeah. right, in terms of being being added there. And that's, that's when we go back to the original point of what are the deals that are going to be made? You know, the Atlanta Falcons, Falcons, excuse me, got football on the mind. The Atlanta Hawks uh, were allegedly a team that, that, um, that wanted to acquire Ben Simmons. But again, you're talking about a collection of guys that are probably pretty good role players. I think Bojan Bogdanovic, a report that I read, was a reportedly part of it, right? But like those are complementary assets that don't really change the game for you if you're Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. And by the way, you know I got a couple of off-ball guards that can play somewhat defensively. And the other like thing hanging over this is the alleged report that Maury wants to include Tobias Harris as part yes. of any sort of deal yeah. to get him out of there, which is you know another team out there sitting back. Well, do we really want to take that deal? So, like, at the end of the day, there are a couple of deals that you could throw out and be like, okay, maybe this works in terms of, like, the actual numbers. But at the same time, it doesn't change anything in terms of, the like, no deal would be made that ships out Ben Simmons that would make you, me, or Paul, or anybody listening to this or watching go, all right, I'm going to go bet the Philadelphia 76ers at the futures market at this well, Excuse me, at this point. I would have taken De'Aaron Fox in a second if uh, if that deal was on the table from the Kings. Was it not? Uh, it, well, th- that's part of one. De'Aaron Fox has actually had a, a somewhat down year. He's gained okay. weight. There's, he's um, the, the I would say the outlook on him hasn't been great. But the other part it was, I believe, reading some of the reports, it was the Tobias Harris deal that the Kings were like, eh, you know what? Like right. uh, we don't really want to be a part of this. Okay. Uh, Ninety seconds. What what do the Wizards do? They started ten and three. Now they're twenty three and twenty six. They blew a thirty five point lead at home to the Clippers. They, you can't give Beal $250 million either. It, it sounds like they're candidates to buy at, at the trade deadline. DeMontis oh. Sabonis has been tied to the team. Like Sabonis and the Indiana Pacers seem like they're on the way of separating. So the Pacers can acquire some assets. And, and the one team that I have read that has been tied to Sabonis consistently has been the Washington Wizards. You know, they're trying to make the most out of this window. Remember, they got off to that 10-3 and three start, and it seemed like they were going to be a playoff team solidly. And, you know, they started to look like the team that they really are. 
But it does seem like they're actually buying in on the window of Bradley Beal, and maybe that Sabonis is actually going to be a member of that team. Because keep in mind, too, like Spencer Dinwiddie is out on the outs with the team. He's making comments. Mm-hmm. People don't really like him, it seems. Yes. And you also have the fact that this is a team that has a lot of really solid role players that you could ship off for pieces, right? Whether it's Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, Spencer Dinwiddie, KCP. Uh, there's a lot of pieces you can move to get something, and it seems like they'd be in on DeMontis Sabonis, at least according to some reports. I mean, Beal wants like $45 million no a chance. year. I know. What the hell are we doing? Just went through this with John Wall. Somebody might give yeah. it to him, but it wouldn't be me if oh. I were the GM. Oh, yep. my God. All right. St- st- uh, sit tight. Thanks, uh, JVT. More with Jonathan Von Tobel coming up next. We'll get into the Nets Suns game. He's going to recommend a 45 to 1 shot with a future. We'll get to that as well, and we'll, we'll go over more with the Jackson Defensive Player of the Year stuff as well. Uh, all that coming up, a lot going on in the association. Follow the money, Beast and the Sports Betting Network, Polly Howard, Matt Humans, more association with JVT coming up. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Play Wrangler Squares and celebrate their 75th anniversary with a free shot at a share of $75,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash Wrangler Squares now to get in on the action for football's biggest Sunday. Wrangler for the ride of life. Terms and conditions and other restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Another segment of the NBA with our senior NBA analyst uh, Jonathan Von Tobel at MeJVT on Twitter. Okay, so we have the Lakers and Clippers both under 500. The Clippers are currently the 8 seed. The Lakers are the 9 seed. How about a future here? Uh, what you want to do with one of these teams and maybe getting some guys back. Take it away, please. Yeah, so if you, the book that you're sitting at right now, Circa, I was looking around at the futures market and it seemed that they had the best that I could find on the Clippers to win the NBA Finals at 48-1. to uh, so on the podcast, Harvard Handicappers last Friday, I got to talk to uh, a Tomer Azarli, who covers the Los Angeles Clippers for Clutch Points, and you know he he brought up that there are just there's confidence that the Clippers are going to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back this season. You know Kawhi Leonard, by all accounts, has been ahead of schedule. That's been the report for a couple of months now, and that Paul George through rehab and everything would be ready to come back both around like the beginning of March to give them about a month to get ready for the postseason. If that's the case. And when you're talking about, and I missed the boat on this because Jeff Sherman at the Westgate, I actually moved the Clippers to 100 to 1 for oh. about a week, a week or so. I want to say about a month and a half, right when Paul George got injured uh, to win the NBA Finals. But at 48 to 1, to me, there's there's value in a number like that when you're talking about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George potentially being back. 
You're talking about the state of the Western Conference, which is the Phoenix Suns and everybody else right now. Clearly, Golden State has some real flaws with them as well, considering how poor they've been offensively for over two months at this point right now. I, I think when you look at the Clippers and the way that they have played up to this point, right? And we talked about the Washington Wizards and that 35-point comeback, the way that this team has played defensively with these role players that are out there. They're, as much as humans would hate to admit, a well-coached team, right? They, they perform at a high level at times. Ty Lue gets the most out of them. They were the best team in the Western Conference last year, guys, when they were fully healthy. There, there's no doubt in my mind about that. And if you're going to get them fully healthy again, getting into the postseason, I think that that's worth it when you're talking about 40, 50 to 1 to win an NBA Finals. Okay. Uh, how, where are you at with Jackson, Defensive Player of the Year, if this could happen? And the number has moved. Ooh. It's gone out of control now. Yeah, I'm taking a week off. I'll tell you that if it actually hits. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, Jaron, to give you an idea of where Jaron Jackson is, because I thought Mitch did a really good job in terms of uh, pointing it out from a historical standpoint. To give you the, the details on Jaron Jackson from an individual defensive standpoint, when he's on the court, their defensive rating is at 107.4. When he's off the court, it's 112. It's a 4.4 difference. He drops it by that much. It's a really solid rate. His, his blocking numbers are incredible. 4.1% of his team's blocks he's responsible for. That's in the 99th percentile of players at his position. Doesn't force a lot of steals, but still 1.5%. And this number was floating around. And to give it to you, opponent rim percentage, when they're shooting within four feet of the basket, when he's on the court, that drops by 7.5%. That's the best in the NBA among players with 700 or more minutes. He's been incredible for this team. The, the, the way that he blocks shots the way that he can flash out on the perimeter and guard if he needs to, some of the smaller, you know, ones, twos, and threes as well. He's extremely versatile. He's a big reason why this team, since the end of November, is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. I think they're down to second in terms of defensive rating. But then you get to the other part of it, right, where Draymond Green, for example, he hasn't played since January 9th. Like, how much does that affect yes. the profile of a defensive player of the year? And you look at some of the on-court, off-court numbers for Draymond, you know, Golden State's just a really good defensive team. When he's on the court, their defensive rating is way better than with the, the Grizzlies and Jared Jackson, 102.7. But when he's off the court, their defensive rating is 105. They're just a really solid defensive team overall. And while he forces a lot of steals, he's not a shot blocker, and he doesn't he doesn't greatly affect shots in any way whatsoever on the other side, right, in terms of shots at the rim, mid-range, three-point shooting. Rudy Gobert is incredible, but he hasn't played since January 23rd, right? And we don't know how serious that is. And the Jazz are kind of playing PR and be like, oh, no, don't worry. It's a simple calf strain. He would be back if it was uh -huh. the playoffs. But we don't know if he's going to be back until the All-Star break or maybe even afterwards. So I think really, Paul, it's just when you're talking about the prices that we got, when we're talking about like 300 to 1, 150 to 1, 200 to 1, it's pretty clear that you're going to have an all-defensive player here in Jaron Jackson that is going to have a shot at this award with the two guys at the top of the board who haven't played for a while or injured. I think one guy that would ruin it for him is Mikhail Bridges because he's been playing some incredible defensive basketball. Okay. But it's pretty clear when we're talking about those triple digits and, and some of the bigger numbers that were out there, there was some real value there, and he's still got a really good stretch. I mean, that stretch of gains that he had with the blocks is incredible, and it's definitely put him on the radar. Follow the money, Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Paulie Howard, Matt Humans, Matt in for Mitch, Jonathan Von Tobel, our guest, host of the Edge, four to five Eastern Monday through Friday here on Visa. Uh, three games uh, go over rapid fire tonight on the card. How about the Nets and the Suns? Suns are on fire. They're laying seven at Bet Rivers. Yeah, you you need you need to see if James Harden's going to be uh -huh. out there, right? Like if so, the, the Nets were super competitive in that game against Golden State on Saturday. They're the middle of this West Coast trip. But at the same time, that, that was a massive third quarter from Kyrie Irving. And humans and I were talking about this on the edge the other day. You just look at this roster overall. If they only have one of their big three out there, it's just a roster that really lacks for shot creation. Like there's really nobody out there that creates off the dribble outside of James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. And if two of the three aren't going to be out there, 
then you're in a really tough spot in terms of finding offense outside of the guys that you're really relying on in terms of your big three. So if Harden's going to be out there, there's a real chance that this team's going to be pretty competitive, and you'd expect this number to drop from the seven that it's at right now, and there's just a couple seven and a half flashing down to about like like six or something like that. But Brooklyn's power rating's at an all-time low, and Phoenix is, by my, by my numbers and clearly by the market's numbers, the highest power-rated team of the NBA at this point right now. But I will say, when you look at Phoenix, you know, it's it's tough to play at the level that they do on a night to night basis, and you saw that last time out right against San Antonio. You win you win one fifteen to one ten. You were just a th- you were thirteen and a half point favorite, but you barely get by. It's and you're starting to see it kind of build a little bit here. Thirteen point favorites against Indiana. You win that by ten. You don't cover that number. The Jazz game where Jazz the Jazz are missing pretty much everybody. You're twelve and a half point favorite. You barely get by one fifteen to one oh nine. You know, you're getting to the point now where the Suns, from a power rating perspective, are at an all-time high, and it might benefit you to kind of look against them. Not that they're bad, but that the numbers have gotten so inflated that it gives you some value on the underdog. Okay. Uh, my Matt's team, the Heat, been awesome this year. Uh, started the long road trip last night, didn't play anybody, routed by Boston. They're catching three tonight in Toronto. Yeah, and that was a tough spot because, you know, you play in that was it was a triple overtime game uh, against this Toronto team over the weekend. Uh, and then you come back and just a day off and you get to play a Boston team who's playing some of its best defense uh, at this point uh, of the season. So it, I wouldn't write off Miami just yet. But this yeah. is again, this is it's always the same time, the same thing with these games. You know, monitor these injury reports, Jimmy Butler, Bam at a bio. Right, both in that game, not available for the Miami Heat. So that was a big reason why they got blown out. They've been very banged up. Kyle Lowry has now missed, I think it's eight games due to personal reasons. Is he going to be available here? So that's going to be something to monitor. Uh, but when it comes to Toronto, look, we saw them yesterday. And, and even though the spot for them was just as tough because they were coming off of that triple overtime game themselves, uh, they still played at a pretty high level yesterday against the Atlanta Hawks and still held them down to about a defensive rating 102.1. So for me, you know, it would be worth looking at Toronto, excuse me, Miami here. Uh, but you got to make sure that you're going to get at least two of the big three out there, which is Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. Okay. And, and looking at Golden State, back-to-back, lane two and a half, you think they sit people tonight or one of the stars? It, it seems like the situation to do it. You know, it, and the number's a little bit short, but San Antonio does deserve some respect. But, like, for example, Clay Thompson, right, they've been pretty hesitant to put him out there in some high-strenuous situations on his body. He's coming back from those two major injuries that we haven't seen him play for two years. Get Steph Curry rest. They have also done this with him on back-to-backs uh, throughout the season. There was about, to, what, three weeks ago, a spot in New Orleans. was the front leg of the back-to-back. They gave him some rest. So I would say the number uh, indicates a, a tentative uh, a tentative uh, available personnel. And I would think uh, I want to make sure that about, uh, what time is it right now, 5.30 on the West Coast? Mm-hmm. Uh, about 1 o'clock our time, you're probably going to see official injury reports as to who's resting and who's not. What time do you put up your NBA market report and your best bets on vcin.com? Uh, those will be up. Uh, well, if there is a bet to be made, I always put those up first. So look for those in the next hour or so. And then uh, final reports are usually up by about uh, 8 to 8.30 a.m. Pacific time, depending on the uh, the girth of the schedule, which today it's actually not that bad. So these should be up in the next uh, hour or two. Yesterday you put up uh, Grizzlies plus 3.5. <laughs> they closed minus 3.5, went to overtime, and they lost by 3. So you got to get the best number. Yep. Uh, John Morant, how realistic of a shot does he have to win MVP? Right now it looks like Joel Embiid. Yeah, I think it's Embiid, Matt, but I'll say this. like, If you're looking overall, he's definitely in the top three, and if Embiid and Jokic fall off, like again last night, if you watch him play, like I like to make the case analytically about, like, hey, you know, when he's off the court, actually, the net rating's better. But at the same time, when you watch him in games like yesterday, 
where almost every possession down the stretch is give the ball to John Morant and let's mm. pick on Andre Drummond and let's get basket after basket after basket. And at the end of the game, while I and I tweeted this out, I was like, you know, MVPs make those free throws. He he forced it in one situation. He made a bucket to tie the game, got a free throw to potentially win it with about six seconds left to go, yeah. and he misses it. But at the same time, like offensively, he is he has so much on his shoulders when he's out there. It, it's it's incredible to watch. He's definitely in the top three. I, I don't think his resume is strong enough to beat Embiid if Embiid's going to finish out the season or Nikola Jokic, given how statistically dominant he's been. But I think at this point right now, he's solidly within the top three and the usual contenders, whether it's Steph, Giannis, or of course, Kevin Durant, because he's been injured, uh, they're out. And those are the new top three and, and Morant's among them. Great job. Thanks for getting up early and we'll uh, check you out later. Thanks for coming on. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks. All right. You too. Jonathan Von Tobel. A uh, lot going on in the association. Yeah. Lot, yeah, this craziness with these. I don't know futures. if we're going to see any big deals at the tra- trade deadline. What do you think? Probably not. Will the next trade Julius Randle? No. That's been rumored too. Yeah, and floated <clears throat> if that could happen, uh, or America Kemba maybe something. I'll get that's. I don't think we'll see much. I know it's unfortunate. How about a fifty to one shot? Now the favorite. He was fifty to one two weeks ago. Now the betting favorite. We'll tell you what that is. And Mark Davis on why. He went with Josh McDaniels. That's coming up next. Beeson, follow the money. Follow the money on Beeson, the sports betting network. Bet River Sportsbooks takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games. Give even more ways to make your perfect combo. Download the app. Or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. A lot of the player props are already up for the Super Bowl. Playable in Jersey. This play Sugarhouse must be 21. Less than two weeks after being a 50-to-1 long shot mm-hmm. to win the MVP, Embiid is now the favorite. In the midst of a 16-game stretch in which he's averaging 34 points and 10 rebounds per game, he went past Curry, he vaulted past Freak, and to go and even Jokic uh, and Morant on that list, the David Purdom tweet, the Dave uh, Bierman as well, ESPN, fifty to one to the favorite in two weeks. How did, how did he get to fifty here. to one in the first place? Sure, yeah. yeah, up to a slow start. Remember, two weeks ago the Nets were seven dollars to win the division. Yeah, now it's like minus one fifty. Embiid's had a great month. If you go back even in the late December. Uh, he's been putting up huge numbers, getting about twenty-five every night. I don't, I don't know how he got to fifty to one odds, but I think he should be the favorite now. Right, didn't play last night, but then right. you see his availability. Can he stay healthy? And uh, the Sixers are hot, playing well. Uh, Harris was great last night in the win, beating Memphis as uh, Memphis six-point move in that game as Memphis gets beat in overtime. But this is uh, Mitch says he's going to win the award. What's look? You see the up some some of the updated numbers now. Uh, boy, that Curry thing. Curry was as high as 182. Yeah, uh-huh. Now he's 4-1 to one in the fourth choice. It's well, been he, terrible. He had a, a poor shooting month in January. But, you know, there's a long way to go in this stuff. And uh, NBA season, you're still talking about you got two and a half months of regular season to go. It's, it's a long way to go. So if the odds start to drift up on a guy like that, might find some value. I can't believe Embiid drifted as high as 50-1. to one. Now he's 2-1. to one. Yeah. Come on. A lot of news in the NFL. Harbaugh going to interview with the Vikings tomorrow. We'll ask uh, Peter King about that and where, where Harbaugh could wind up. Yesterday, McDaniels was introduced as head coach of the Raiders. And after being in this racket for over 20 years and it didn't work out in Denver, McDaniels was asked about why this job and why did he take it now. 
maybe to a fault sometimes. Uh, people wanted me to do things uh, a little earlier than maybe I did them. Um, but it was going to take a special place uh, for me to, uh, to really leave where I was. And I found that here uh, in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, I, I thank Mr. Davis again for having the faith uh, in me to, to lead this team as the head coach. Uh, and I know that the greatness of the Raiders is in its future. And I can't wait to get started. Okay, you had the fiasco in Indy. Uh, and then you thought he would take over for Belichick. But then uh, Belichick might stick around for a while. Belichick That's, wants to stick around to be Don Shula's right. wins record. That's so right. he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I think McDaniels knows that. And uh, you know, like you said, you know, you don't want to take a bad job. And when you take the Raiders job, you're taking over a team that's ready to win. Even though I do think the AFC West could be the toughest division in the NFL the next few years if Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver. Don't you? What's a better division? Right, absolutely. Those quarterbacks, yeah. please. Uh, so, so you went to the playoffs. Carr and others were going to bat for Basaccia. Mark Davis yesterday was asked why he went with McDaniels. Watching Josh for, for many years for certain reasons other than maybe good ones at times. Um, the, the success of the uh, Patriots and watching them over the years, um, I've seen them do it with Tom Brady, of course, the greatest of all time. But I also saw the development of Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. And then I saw it with Matt Castle. I saw him be able to win with him and make Matt Castle the hottest free agent commodity in the market. Then I saw him do it uh, this year with a rookie quarterback. I've just always seen the Patriots as a team that not only adapts from week to week or half to half, but maybe even series to series. Um, I just believe in Josh's uh, ability to assess the situation and make the changes in real time. And that's always been something that's impressed me. Oh, interesting answer. Very good. Yeah, uh, they didn't work. It didn't work. So, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it just shows you Mark Davis, very observant guy. Yeah, it didn't work out in Denver, mm-hmm. and McDaniels was asked about that, and he said it was because they didn't know how to deal with people. Sure. Had some issues there, and but a whole different ball game when you're talking about. Uh, although he did want uh, Tebow, uh, I didn't understand that what they gave up. But the difference with Kyle Orton <laughs> and then the opposed to Carr going to be your quarterback. Certainly not a top five quarterback as as. It's a question was posed yesterday to McDaniels. You have a top five quarterback in the league. Top five quarterback. He doesn't have a playoff win with Carr. No. I mean, that, he, that's... Just, he just started his first playoff game and lost. Derek, Derek Carr is probably a top 15 quarterback. Who said he's top five? That was with Sports Illustrated, I guess. <laughs> the questions? Right. Interesting. Right. Uh, how, about, how about a fast food update? The McDonald's <clears throat> fan-inspired menu hacks. Have you tried this yet? I was supposed to do it this weekend. I have not. I got frustrated because every time you drive through it, the, the drive through is backed up. That's and a I'm popular like, place. I mean, yeah. a lot of times you knock me for ranking McDonald's in the top ten, but how can you not? It's the the number one fast food franchise in the world. And every time you go uh, to the drive through, there's ten to fifteen cars in the waiting in line. It's popular. I had in and out over the weekend. Did you? My God, the fries! What? Just, just don't like to. Those are real potatoes. You, you, so you're adamant Wendy's get your act together with the fry, but I hate the Wendy's fries. I yeah, hated I the old fries. I hate the new fries. But why can't I can't believe In and Out can't up their game with the with the fries? I mean, it's just that's a dreadful fry. I mean, McDonald's consistent. People say get them well done, whatever. But yeah. I mean, McDonald's got a, usually a consistent fry, and and Burger King's underrated. But I just I had it over. The, I can't believe In and Out. But anyways, what'd you get the double double? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah? That's, you can't go wrong there. The hash brown McMuffin. Sasha's McMuffin with egg. You throw the hash brown on it. Got people, several people tweeted and been doing that for years. What's that called? It's been hash brown McMuffin. I'll do that this morning after you I leave the show. Okay. The hash, I am. <laughs> All yeah. right. That sounds pretty good. All right. The crunchy double. Six-piece chicken nuggets with a Ooh. double cheeseburger. Really? Order by name, build by hand. Okay. Okay. You got to get the hot mustard sauce with the nuggets. Y- a- amen, brother. How about the surf and turf? Filet of fish with a double cheeseburger. Stack that sucker Ooh. up. Boy, I don't know about that one. That's a tough mix. Yes. I love the filet of fish. I, I don't know if I, I don't want to ruin it with throwing it on there with a double cheeseburger. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good combination. You know, I'm not. Even <laughs> though I love fast food, I'm not a garbage disposal. I'm not just going to eat anything. <laughs> I, did, I did try. I did try the Jack in the Box tacos. Yes. Under, okay. Trash. Come on. What do you mean trash? The, t- the new tiny tacos where you get 25 in a box? Have you seen no. those? No, I haven't tried that. That's somebody on Twitter asked me, hey, give, okay. us, give us a report on the tiny tacos at Jack in the Box. Yeah. Some of the worst fast food out there. <laughs> okay. I ate 22 of the 25 tacos. <laughs> okay. There were three tacos in the box that didn't even have any beef paste in it. I'm not going to call it beef. Beef paste? It's just like beef paste. Yeah, it's something that looks like dog oh. food or cat food. Oh, bad beef. Uh, it's those, those tiny tacos at Jack in the Box are atrocious. They... The two tacos, it used to be two tacos for a buck that you like. Sure. I think now it's like two tacos for a buck 80. I mean, those are much better than the tiny tacos. At least you get a little bit of lettuce and sure, tomatoes absolutely. in there with the beef paste. Nothing on there. Huh? They yeah. robbed you? Oh, tough. You know, I will give Jack in the Box this. I do have good hot sauce. You, you, you remember the hot sauce, sauce at Jack in the Box? No, it's no. pretty good. No. Any other updates? Anything new with menus? Something you've tried? No, I still think the best fries probably... It's got to be Portillo's or it's got to be uh, Shake Shack. How Absolutely often Shake Shack. Shake Shack's Absolutely. really good crinkle cut fries. Bingo. Always crisp. Um, how often do you go to Shake Shack? Not enough. Yeah. Is what I got. I should go there on a weekly basis. I mean, everything they have on the menu is outstanding. The land, air, and sea. The McChicken, the filet of fish and the Big Mac. I mean, how are you even going to even attack that? Look how big that is. I mean, that, that's, I don't know where to begin. That's a hound's breakfast. And look at that thing. How do you, Big Mac, McChicken, and filet of fish. Order by name, build by hand, McDonald's. Land errancy. I'll have to pass. Why don't you be the guinea pig and you try that and then you come back and report on that? Uh, I, I, I can't. I, there's no, how, how high is that sucker going to be? There's no way. I mean, I, you can't even bite no. into that thing. The surf and turf I could try because, uh, or, or the crunchy double, which is, but that the land, air, and sea is too big. Look at that. Can't do that. The sandwich looks like it's about six inches high, eight inches high. <laughs> well, yeah, you're talking about the, the Big Mac is, yeah, big breaking news, but then you're, you're throwing two other sandwiches on the thing. <clears throat> I have to pass. That's, uh, yeah. So you can get that at McDonald's right now? Order by name. Build by, uh, no. Order by name and uh, build by hand. That's what they're saying. Their new fan that's inspired that, menu. That's acts. not that appealing to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, double fly of fish is where I'm at, too. You can go with that sucker as well. We are about a month away from the first tickets being punched for March Madness in the big dance. So oh. We're getting close to March. So Humans is excited. One we'll, month away. We'll You're go right. contender or pretender up next. Not to win it all, but I'm talking like a Sweet 16 Elite 8 team because it happens every year. Mm-hmm. A mid-major or a long shot gets hot at the right time. 
and they crash the party. Even Final Four as well, which we see all the time. So I'll go rapid fire, run these down in college hoops, contender or pretender, and a couple college basketball picks on a pretty good card tonight coming up on Fall the Money Decent, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VSEN's part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. And we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSEN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. Biggest game of the year. Make plans now to join the betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. One spot in town has the Rams 3.5 minus 120, and uh, most of the fours are gone. It's 4.5 now. Bet Rivers is dealing 4, 48.5 with the total for the Super Bowl coming up. And uh, Matt thinks the total will go up. I know uh, you. I agree with Avello. What Avello said on your program, no one wants to bet the Super Bowl under. And where you think that will go yeah, up? Yeah, JBT who joined us. To uh, lead off this hour, he, he's actually got a – he bet uh, Sunday night, he bet the Rams minus three and a half. So he's in on the favorite. And it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good price. If I bet the Rams, I'm going to wait for that money line to drop uh, maybe around 170 in yes. that neighborhood. If you get if yep. you dropped around 170, I, I might uh, lay that with the Rams. But I respect Joe Burrow too much here to lay the points. I'm not laying more than a field goal with the Rams. I said the same thing about the Rams last week. It should get that low, right? Everyone's going to come to town and say, give me the Bengals to win the game. Yeah. Not take the four and a half oh, We've the seen four. that so many times sure. where the money line on the favorite yeah. crashes in the Super Bowl on uh, on game weekend. Yeah. Okay. More of the props. Uh, Bet Rivers came out with some player props that we'll get to uh, later in the show. Now. We're about a month away from the first tickets being punched. Now it's February. We're getting close to the madness, right? Let's bubble watch, bracketology. Good card tonight. A couple interesting games. Number one team in action. More on that coming up. So I wanted to look at uh, the, with the expert here, Humans, who's been uh, hot with the basketball picks about contender or pretender. And it happens every March where a team goes to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, even the Final Four. And it's usually a mid-major. But contender or pretender. I'll start with a team that plays tonight. Davidson is catching three, three and a half. On the road against St. Bonaventure, Davidson is 17-3 and on the season. Could they win a couple games in the tournament? Yeah, we're talking about contender or pretender. You're, ta- you're talking about can this team make the Sweet 16? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say yes on Davidson, a contender. 7-1 uh, and one in the A-10, which is uh, Atlantic 10 is always an underrated league. Mm-hmm. you got a lot of tough teams. 
This is a well-coached team, beat Alabama uh, 79-78 before Christmas. But what I like about this team and why it can be a Sweet 16 team, you got to be able to shoot the three, Paul. And Davidson Wildcats have four starters who shoot 39% or better from three-point range. That's a recipe for a dangerous team in March. Okay. Murray State. They won a game a couple years ago with John Morant. They're 20-2 and two on the season. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and go contender here, too, because Murray, like you said, Murray State's a 20-2 and two team in the LVC. Uh, lost to Auburn by 13 in December, but there's no shame in that loss. If you can hang with a Auburn sure. team with athletes like that, you're proving that uh, you could probably be a Sweet 16 type of team. you got four really good players. When you look at Murray State, Tevin Brown, K.J. Williams, Justice Hill, uh, Trey Hannibal, and when you got four quality players like that, certainly, yeah, you can pull pull a couple upsets and get to the Sweet 16. I think the Sweet 16 is probably the ceiling for teams like Davidson and Murray State, uh, but they could certainly get there. So okay. I'm going to call those two contenders. Alabama, uh, like in the 50-1 to 1 range right now, but I'll ask you Alabama because it's been, as we said earlier, it's been an up-and-down season. Yeah. Yeah. They play, <laughs> play up to their competition and down to their competition. They play number 1 Auburn tonight. Uh, they're 14-7. and seven. They beat three Final Four teams from last year, but have some questionable losses. Right, well, a couple of them are bad. They've lost twice as a 14-point favorite. What do you think of Alabama? Well, Bama's a boomer bust type of team. Uh, like you said, they got a great resume, some big wins, some really depressing losses. But you got Shackelford and Quinterly, two of the uh, better guards in the SEC. Uh, I think if you get a price of 30 to one or better, maybe Alabama is worth a shot on the futures board because. Like you said, I'm not sure a team has a better win or a more impressive performance than Bama does running Gonzaga off yeah. the floor on a neutral yeah. early in the season. Now, this team's been so inconsistent. Let's see what happens tonight at number one Auburn. I took the seven uh, with the tide tonight. I think Bama's going to bring its uh, its best effort tonight, and you're going to find out what this team's made of. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to call Bama a contender. And we referenced the Paul Stone tweet earlier in the show. The dog is on Ooh, a 13-0-1 yeah, run. In Alabama games. Okay. They are also in the 50 to 1 range. I'm going to, I know they were just top 10, but I have to ask you about USC. They were swept by Stanford. Suddenly they're 18 and 3 now. I mean, can I get a yeah. couple wins in the tournament by USC? I'm going to say pretender. Oh. I, I don't like USC. I think that, uh, I thought this team was a little bit uh, overrated or overvalued uh, headed into the Pac 12 season. And, um, a lot of it depends on Boogie Ellis. If he's knocking down shots from the outside, USC can be pretty good. That opens things up offensively. If he's not, uh, this Trojan team can get beat by anybody. Evidence, like you just said, got swept by Stanford. Yep. A team that got swept by Stanford, I'm not going to call a contender. Okay. Providence, 18-2. and two. Lost to Virginia and Marquette. Blowouts. Didn't just lose. They got yes. blown out. Uh, I'm going to hesitantly say contender. I'm not sold on this team yet, but I think right now any team that's 18-2 and to beat Wisconsin and Texas Tech, you have to call it a contender. Okay. Uh, so I've seen enough here. And, you know, the two-point win over Marquette over the weekend, the revenge spot, I thought that was a big win for the Friars. I'm not completely sold, but as of right now, I'll go contender. And St. Mary's, 17-4. and Contender or pretender, can they win a couple games in March? I got pretender for St. Mary's. I don't think you got enough offense uh, with this team. And that's a lot of times. I, I like Randy Bennett a lot as a coach. But I don't think this team's very talented offensively. And uh, that's going to be a big issue when uh, 
St. Mary's gets to March. I, I did think uh, one of our viewers sent in a, a pretty good suggestion. If you're trying to figure out which teams are for real or which teams might be phony, uh-huh. uh, he said, Trip Tepper on uh, on Twitter said, here's an interesting exercise. Go to Ken Palm, look at the teams that are top 25 and adjusted defense. Every one of the top 25 can make the tournament. And really, when you get to the Final Four or when you get to the Elite Eight and you look at the Ken Palm adjusted defensive ratings – Seven of the Elite Eight teams, or all four, three of the four Final Four teams, are going to be ranked in the top 25 in adjusted defense. If you're not a good defensive team, you're probably not going to make it. So if you're talking about contenders or pretenders, that's a good gauge to use uh, by looking at the Kim Palm defensive numbers. And that's one thing that concerns me about Purdue, a team right now that's... Uh, right what happened there? They blew that big lead. Blew a 20-point lead against <laughs> Ohio State. Had to get a Jaden and Ivy 3 at the buzzer to win that game, 81-78. You can't blow a 20-point lead on your home floor. Yeah. And that's I've talked about this for weeks. I've been betting against Purdue pretty consistently. It's a team with a ton of talent. And it's going to be a matchup problem uh, because of the bigs. But the problem is the guards are not good defenders. And this is a not... Typically, Purdue's a really good defensive team. This is not a good defensive team. You can't give up a 20-point lead on your home floor, and that's what uh, concerns me about that team in the big picture. Going back to the St. Mary's discussion, finally we have depth in the West Coast Conference. This is great. Yeah. Now, BYU's had a couple questionable I think, losses I think now, BYU's but... headed out of the tournament, yes. headed to the NIT. Yeah, but and Santa Clara is a good... You lose to Santa Clara and Pacific. Those are two bad losses. Santa Clara is a respectable team, but yeah. that was a bad week for BYU. Yeah, lost on a buzzer beater, but right, the Pacific loss. San Francisco, Lenardi has them in the tournament right now. Uh, St. Mary's in the tournament, 17-4. and four. Gonzaga loaded, uh, probably going to win it again out here for it seems like the 20th year in a row. But there, it's going to be some tough outs, though, this year with four or five good teams finally in that league. And San Francisco's a good story, and they blew that game. Well, they blew two games. They were up big on, on right. St. Mary's, and they're up, they blew the uh, BYU game. Yeah, San Francisco's been a little bit disappointing, but that's that's always a, an underrated league, too. I think the West Coast Conference usually has two or three uh, feisty teams near the top. I, I think the, of all the non-power leagues, the A-10 is probably the best. Year in and year out, I think the, 18, mm-hmm. the A-10 is the most underrated and the toughest uh, the Mountain West has actually got some pretty good teams in it this year, too. Uh, the Mountain West has got some good teams at the top. What happened to Colorado? teams. Right. It is good, yeah, the good numbers, too. What happened to Colorado State Friday? Well, what? yeah, I, I actually bet UNLV not big. I just said, you know, 15 points looks like too much. UNLV was a 15-point dog in Fort Collins and beat Colorado State by 14. Ran them off the floor. And uh, that was 88-74. to 74. Bryce Hamilton, who... It's a fringe NBA type of talent. He's a high-volume uh, scorer, a high-volume shooter, not a great shooter. He had 45 points in that game. Uh, by the way, that's a big game for the Rebels tonight at home. They're two-and-a-half or three-point favorites against Nevada here at the Thomas and Mack Center. Uh, but, yeah, you don't see that too often. A 15-point dog that wins by 15 on the road. And then they, yeah, they Colorado State's issue right now, oh. not shooting the three well. Uh, rim defense is weak, and the rebounding's been weak. They do have one of the most versatile big men. I call him a big man. He's just a wide body who can play under the basket. He's not a tall guy. Big body, David Roddy. <laughs> he missed a free throw that would have won the game won, last night, and the, and the Rams uh, went down to Wyoming and Laramie. That was, a, that was a really good game last night. we got a lot to get into. We still have in pocket Matt's college hoops picks and the golf tournament. We'll also get to uh, all the trends and the key numbers in the NHL. Win some, lose some. 
Peter King on Harbaugh and the Brady rumors and Anthony Munoz up next. Former Bengal, how he sees the Super Bowl matchup and if they can slow down this ferocious Rams pass rush. Munoz up next. Follow the money. Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.